Hello, listeners. This is Jade and Rebecca. Welcome to the Responsible Business Podcast. Each month, we invite experts who will be sharing their knowledge and experience in order to give us a better understanding of the challenges and opportunities faced by businesses tackling climate change. We are very excited to have Paul Schreiber with us today. Paul works at the NGO Reclaim Finance, which pushes financial institutions to cut coal and fossil fuels out of their financial services. Their vision is to create a financial system that supports the transition to sustainable societies, preserves ecosystems, and satisfies people's basic needs. Today, we will talk about fossil fuels, their impact, and why financial institutions have such a big role to play. Hello, Paul. We are so happy to have you as a guest today, and we have so many questions for you. So before we start, however, I think that in order to make sure that everyone understands this podcast, it's important to remind everyone what fossil fuels are and why they are harmful for the environment. So fossil fuels are formed from fossilized, buried remains of plants and animals that lived millions of years ago. And because of their origins, um, they have a high carbon content. And so some examples include coal, uh, crude oil or natural gas. And so these fossil fuels can be used for energy, but they are extremely harmful for the environment. First, because when you burn fossil fuels for energy, it releases harmful large amount of quantities of carbon dioxide and other harmful substances that contribute to to climate change and uh, I mean bad air in general and secondly because the process of extracting fossil fuels is extremely damaging for our environment it damages landscapes ecosystems and it can contribute to the pollution of water um, so now I'll start with my first question why is it so hard to quit fossil fuels and what is the role of financial institutions in cutting um, fossil fuels and the amount that we consume in our society? Uh, basically, today, financial institutions they play a key role in supporting the fossil fuel industry because they, they help them develop new projects. Companies need investors, they need lenders, they need insurance to build new projects. By changing their financial practices, financial institutions can push fossil fuel companies to transition um, as they are interested with all money with the money of their clients. They have a responsibility to do so and to preserve a desirable future. Um, it's also true for financial supervisors, for financial regulators and social banks that should always aim at uh, changing the financial framework and system in order to stop supporting fossil fuel and start favoring sustainable alternatives. Yeah, so I, I agree with you that if banks stop lending money for projects supporting fossil fuels, it will help reduce the amount of fossil fuels that we use. Um, my question is now, why are banks still investing in these types of projects if they know that they're so harmful for the environment and climate change? 
what are the challenges that they need to address to stop investing in these types of projects? Uh, I think one of the challenges uh, is uh, what, what Mark Carney, which was the governor of the, of the Bank of England, called um, the tragedy of horizons. It basically means that most of climate change impact materialize outside the traditional horizons of economic, political, and technical institutions, including of course, financial institutions. Um, the speech I'm referring to is this, this term of tragedy of horizon in something that he said in 2015. And today, I think everybody can see uh, that we are already uh, seeing the impact of climate change and climate change is already having an impact. So I think the horizons are getting closer and closer today. Um, however, when you, you think about fossil fuel, um, this does not really resolve the tragedy of horizons. There are several reasons we should keep in mind uh, when we think about this. The first one would be uh, that the immediate interest of leaders from the financial system remain tied to fossil fuel and the fossil fuel industries. Uh, basically, a fossil fuel company today remains seen as a, as a reliable cash cow for uh, a finance uh, player, for financial players. Because of these financial institutions, they tend to fear the transition more than they tend to want to enable it. Because the transition, they see it as a risk, they see it as a risk for these reliable cash cows that they have been working with for decades. Um, so they tend to, to protect fossil fuel more than they tend to participate. That makes sense. And can you talk a bit about the benefits that uh, these financial institutions can get if they stop investing in fossil fuels, for example? Yes, of course. I think uh, the main benefits it would actually be avoiding a series of risks and, and dangers. I would say that protecting fossil fuel today for the financial institution is uh, losing gamble because first, a financial institution are dealing climate action and therefore they are increasing the risk of an abrupt transition where most fossil fuel lose almost all of their value in a very short time. So that's the first risk. The second risk would be that they lower climate mitigation efforts, which means higher climate, human, social, and economical impacts, for example, catastrophic events. Um, and this impact will dramatically hurt the financial values of the companies they invest in. Uh, therefore, they will lose value, their portfolio will lose value. So that's the second danger. And the third one would be simply for, for them to ignore the desire of, of their clients, of the general people, for this transition to happen. Uh, and that's something that we can see today with people that are actually um, challenging financial institutions in courts, including in Australia, for, for example, with the Commonwealth Bank. And uh, in, in various surveys, I mean, in France, we had a recent survey that shows that 66% of the people surveyed want, don't want their money to go to, for example, coal and other fossil fuels. And do you have any examples of banks or other financial institutions who have stopped investing in fossil fuels? And what has been their strategy to do so? I mean, I don't have an example of the perfect bank, if that's your question, but I have an example of, of several financial institutions that, that took uh, steps to, to reduce their, their, their support to fossil fuels. Um, the best examples can be tried for coal which becomes pretty consensual today. And Reclaim Finance built a platform which is called the Cold Policy Tool um, that rates the cold policies of, of financial institutions. And we found that 
today, 20 financial institutions worldwide have a core policy that aims at exiting the gold sector. So it's mainly uh, French banks, actually, uh, but you can also find an Italian bank and a Canadian bank. And when you think about, about this, when you think about what is robust, what is a robust policy for this type of thing, uh, several criteria, you need to use several criteria. One of the main first ones should be for you to stop supporting new projects and any new company that builds such projects. And the other one should aim at, at exiting all companies that are too much involved in this fossil fuel that they can't really transition. Okay, interesting. And do you have any examples of financial institutions who have been talking about exiting fossil fuels and doing advertisements about it and haven't actually been doing anything to change their investment strategy? So in other words, financial institutions who have been doing greenwashing about this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is a lot, unfortunately, a lot of, of greenwashing examples. Uh, one very recent one would be BlackRock, because BlackRock uh, and lots of people are talking about it, met climate pledges, uh, said they were going to address it. But today, if you look at what BlackRock is financing, uh, they finance, I mean, an awful amount of, of fossil fuel. I don't really have the number in mind, but I can find it. If, if you want. Other examples would be, for, for example, BNP Paribas in France, who pledged to exist uh, shell oil and gas. But today, if you look at their portfolio, you still find quite a lot of it in there. Um, so there's plenty of, of, of bad examples. Unfortunately, there's way more bad examples than good ones. And how do you think we can prevent this from happening? Meaning, how do we prevent greenwashing in this case? How do we stop greenwashing? I mean, that's a good question. Uh, I think one of the tools to stop greenwashing would be to regulate. Uh, because today, one of the main problems when you think about, about the support to fossil fuel is that the financial regulation doesn't take it into account at all. Um, what I mean by this is that even on the financial perspective, when you look at climate risks, Nobody accounts for them. So they look at financial risks, but they don't look at the risks tied to climate detrimental assets. Uh, and that's only from a financial perspective. It, what you can see in recent years is that there is a growing will uh, coming from supervisors, regulators, from states to look at climate change and to ask people to change their practices, but they only ask for it. It's a voluntary approach. They don't regulate. They don't want to regulate. That's something that we have seen in France with coal, and and uh, it's been it's been. I mean, it's, it's a good step. To, basically, in France, the finance ministry asked financial institutions to adopt plan, plans to exit coal. Uh, it was more than one year ago, and uh, today, uh, what we have found is that some did actually seventeen, but most of them either adopted plans that are uh, way too weak to really exit this, the coal sector or didn't ad adopt anything at all. And uh, the reaction of the, of the finance ministry was not to regulate, was not to sanction. It. So one of the main changes that we need to achieve would be to actually have some regulation. And can you talk more specifically about what types of regulations we would need um, to address this issue? I mean, yes, uh, the, the first loophole, and, and I already talked a little bit about it, is the fact that the financial regulation doesn't account at all for climate change and climate in general. So that's a pretty big loophole. It just means that they ignore it. Um, 
one of the things that we're trying to change, for example, would be for central banks uh, to take it into account when they lend money to financial institutions, when they buy assets. So that would be a pretty big change, a pretty big structural change. The other thing would be for uh, financial risks to actually be accounted for when you think, when you look at the assets. So that would mean that a bank that would, for example, finance uh, fossil fuel projects or finance uh, companies that do would need to significantly raise its capital requirements um, to reflect the risk that the actually huge risk it takes by, by doing so. Yeah, so it would become more expensive and therefore less profitable to finance these projects. Um, so in other words, it would reflect the environmental issues that are caused by these fossil fuel projects. So your NGO, Reclaim Finance, encourages financial institutions to stop investing in fossil fuel projects. Um, can you talk a bit about how it is doing this and what you are doing um, in your NGO to stop banks from investing in fossil fuels? I mean, for Reclaim Finance, uh, Reclaim Finance talks a lot with financial institutions. And we use our expertise to recommend changes to their policy and especially for fossil fuel, as I mentioned. Uh, but unfortunately, talking is, is often not enough. Uh, that's why we, we need to conduct public campaigns to mobilize people to raise awareness and um, to touch a wider audience so that every people knows, everybody knows that uh, where he puts his money actually has a pretty clear and pretty direct impact on, on environmental change and climate change. Um, so that's a very pragmatic action that we take. As I mentioned, we cannot regulate ourselves, but we can try to change the regulation uh, by by challenging uh, key stakeholders, by uh, doing research on this topic. So it's, we, are, we are also trying to change the rule of the games. And one of the Orbean campaign right now, which is a campaign that I'm in charge of, is around central banks, central banking, which is pretty structural. Yes, and it's so important to have NGOs like Reclaim Finance to change regulations because um, you work on researching and denouncing what is going on. And if no one does that, nothing changes. So thank you for what you're doing. Um, and we have two last questions that we like to ask to our guests. The first one is, what is a book that you would recommend um, to our listeners? Uh, what, I mean... On the top of my head, I would say Well Done, Our Life in the Forest, in the Woods, sorry, which is a book by, uh, by uh, Toro, of, um, uh, an American philosopher and writer, which is a pretty good read and uh, kind of makes you rethink your relations to, to nature. And the second one is, what is your recommendation for the future generation? I'm afraid I won't be really, really revolutionary or original. I would just say you need to be aware of, of what you can do and what, you, what, what your actions uh, have, what consequences your actions have, and, and try to make the best of it. Great. So we'll finish on that note. Thank you so much for coming here and answering all our questions. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and see you next time.